You are listening to Faithfully Feminine Radio. Always have updates. One, this is my second time recording this episode. Somehow, some way, my computer that's supposed to save things as it goes just like lost the audio to this episode. We didn't really lose it. It only had like 17 seconds of it. And then when I tried to re-record it, like my iPad just died on me while I was like, the devil is, the devil needs to get beneath my feet because I feel like the man is angry that we are calling it all out today in this episode. It's just like, this is weeks in the making of me trying to record this episode and I'm laughing to keep from being pissed off because I'm getting my lick back. I'm getting my lick back. So just small updates from you all. Of course, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, please be sure to rate the podcast if you've been enjoying it. And I really appreciate so much love and the feedback that I've been getting. Like, the feedback period, I really appreciate it because it makes me a better podcaster, a better person. So keep it coming. Thank you so much for the support. And this one, we're going to get right into it because ain't nobody stopping me this time. I don't care if I got to record this thing five times. It's going to get recorded and it's going to get published, posted, published, whatever. I don't know if y'all recall, there was a time when I was super I was in a dark place and it wasn't the first time in my life I was in a dark place it probably is not going to be the last uh that's just how life is right but I was in a really dark place and it was coming from my episode of rejection I was looking for jobs for like literally like eight months probably more than eight months and I just kept getting rejection letter after rejection letter after rejection letter and funny enough like I'm still getting some rejection letters from like jobs that I apply like Anyway, and now I just kind of laugh it off, but it got to the point where the constant rejection was getting to me on top of a lot of things that was going on in my life. And I was, I found my place in this super, super dark space. And while I was in that dark space, I stopped spending as much time with God. I stopped reading my Bible. I stopped wanting to be around people, which is a dangerous, very dangerous space to be in, not wanting to be around people, right? It's not good for man to be alone, which it says in the Bible. And I truly believe that. But I was like secluding myself from community all while wanting to be aesthetically pleasing and come off as everything was okay that whole masking behavior that I've grown to love or grown to like accept um that started deep deep as a child but that this episode is not about masking we're gonna talk about that later anyway anyhow I remember a couple of my like supporters friends girl gang it girls y'all were commenting on some of my tiktoks and telling me like well first of all hmm Y'all were asking me what the Bible verse of the day was. And I stopped posting Bible verses of the day with my TikToks around this time. And I know you all started to realize. And I really do appreciate the accountability that my it girls hold me to, the same accountability that I hold y'all to. Like I'm not exempt from that. And so the pushback that I received from y'all was like, Imani, where's the Bible verse of the day? You haven't been posting it. I remember I was getting on live doing makeup like I usually do. And someone commented was like, what's the Bible verse for today since you didn't post it with your TikTok? 
And I literally had no answer for them. And the reason why I had no answer for y'all was because I stopped reading my Bible because I was in this dark place because I was masking as if everything was okay to show up for you all on social media, but everything was not going okay. Um, and I wasn't posting as consistently. You all actually called that out. You noticed that as well. And not only that, y'all also, um, I forgot, what was it someone said? Like something like, are you okay? Someone commented on my live and it was like, are you okay? And I remember just brushing it off like, yeah, like, yeah, I'm good. But I wasn't. And while I was posting, I wasn't posting a lot of talking videos like I usually do. Y'all know on TikToks, I usually have different series and stuff like that. And I post a day in a life as well, like mini vlogs. But I was just posting the mini vlogs and not series because most of my series are Christian-based, faith-based, self-help-based, right? This is the whole umbrella that I have. And when I did this mini vlog, I would do a whole bunch of mini vlogs. My whole life was going to, like, sorry for this, but my whole life was going to shit. And I, at the same time, was being so aesthetically pleasing. Like, I wanted to be an aesthetic girly. I wanted everything to have that, that clean girl aesthetics to where I was going to yoga literally every day. As my life was go circling as I was circling the drain I was going to yoga every day and I was taking you all on my okay this is a day in life as a feminine woman today I did x y and z I did yoga and I do remember that one of y'all eight girls like I said I really love y'all because a couple of y'all actually kind of condemned me and at that time I did snap back I even blocked some people because you know, I talk about this all the time. Rule number one of how to win friends and influence people is with condemnation breeds defense. So whenever you condemn people nine times out of 10, they're going to defend themselves no matter how heinous their actions are. Not saying everyone is like that, but at some point in time, we all kind of exude these behaviors. It's human nature, right? And so when I was being condemned at the time, I was defending my actions because people were questioning my relationship with God. People were questioning if I was really Christian. People were questioning my character and I felt like I was under attack. And when I feel like I'm under attack, what do I do? I breathe war, okay? I'm a get them, get them, get them. <laughs> and that I do want to apologize for that because I was incorrect. But we live and we learn. I got on TikTok. I made an apology statement. I'm apologizing to you all now because I'm grateful because it has led us to this episode that we're going to talk about today. And that is, are you dancing with the devil child? Because I definitely was. And my finding out how yoga was inviting a lot of things that I did not need in my life. Um, so starting off with my walk of yoga, like I've never really been a super yogi, which when you go to a yogi, a yoga studio, you are going to be called a yogi. People who practice yoga are, are yogis. And I've never really been into yoga before. If I'm going to be completely honest, I hated yoga the first time I tried it. I thought it was, it was so uncomfortable for my body, especially someone who's gotten knee surgery. I've lost flexibility in one of my, you know, knees. So it's never really been a super fun thing to practice. And I kind of forced myself to practice yoga simply because it was aesthetically pleasing to for me to film for my a day in a lives for content. It looked cute. It was like the stay-at-home mom with the Chanel bag, the Lululemon yoga mat with the water bottle, the matching set, the 
effortless, clean girl. It was aesthetically pleasing and I wanted to fit that aesthetic. And as I began practicing yoga, I forced myself to like it just because of the stereotype that we all, I kind of attached. At the time, I would post these, you know, vlogs and stuff and I would practice yoga probably like y'all, I start like, I was getting going in. Like I bought this $98 Lululemon yoga mat. You couldn't tell me nothing. And I got the big one too, because y'all know I'm six feet tall. So the fact that I could find a mat that's actually like big for me, like that was a big thing. Anyway, um, so I was just getting deep into it. And I want to say maybe like three or four times a week, I was going to yoga and I started to get pretty good at it. I started to gain flexibility and um, just feel kind of feel better but then that feeling better would kind of feel worse so the reason why I found out you know what gosh what yoga has going on is that yoga actually has ties to Hinduism yoga is actually a form of worship for Hinduism and we're not going to go deep into Hinduism. That's not my religion, but I do know a little bit about Hinduism. Hinduism is one of the third largest religions um, with 1.2 billion followers and it has ties in India, right? So with Hinduism, they have different deities, different gods. They have many different gods. That, but anyway, they have different philosophies, different rituals. And one of those rituals or practices of how to worship these many gods is through yoga. Now, Of course, that is not how yoga is like packaged and presented to us, right? And this is so important in this episode of the podcast because it's like the enemy preys on your ignorance. The enemy literally preyed on my ignorance and it is up to, it's no one's fault, right? Everyone is ignorant towards something. But one thing that I will take accountability for is that I did not question everything. And that is rule number one I want you all to do. And that is question everything. Everything comes from something. Where is it coming from? To us, yoga is is packaged, right? As this aesthetically pleasing, really nice for you, helps you with your posture. Like it's just a thing that the it girls quote unquote do. And it's not really teaching the history of yoga. So while I was in these yoga classes, right? If you've ever taken a yoga class, I'm pretty sure you can attest to this. I was getting called a yogi. I was like, okay, that's cute. I mean, makes sense. Yogi, yoga, cool. I also would hear these different words that I really did not know the meaning to, like Shabashtanaf and Hatha Yoga. I started going to different things. Like I would hear them say, like, take your flow. A beginning yoga class would be like a guided flow. Um, And then like different breathing patterns and stuff like that. I really didn't know the meaning of these words, the meaning of this thing. I knew that taking your flow meant flowing in a specific way, breathing in a specific pattern as you changed in these specific moves. That's what taking your flow was. And to me, it was like, okay, cool. Here is the thing that I was ignoring telltale signs of what was really going on I would go to these yoga classes and you know usually at the end of a yoga class there's like this meditation like part that they have to the class where you are trying to escape 
you have to escape your mind, like kind of leave your body, become one with the universe. I don't know, something like that. I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, you've been to a yoga class, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I always struggled with this portion and I kind of chopped it up to, at the time, just having anxiety and being a very anxious person, being a person that really can't concentrate because I'm constantly doing like 25 things at once. I just chopped it up to that. But it wasn't necessarily that. So while I was practicing this, I remember like a couple times in particular, but this time was like really bad. I was practicing and it kind of felt like I was leaving myself in a sense. Like my body and my mind were separating. And I know this sounds weird, but it was like the lights was off, everything, everyone had their eyes closed and it was like that sound bath music. This was when I was at Core Power Studios. Core Power is a big franchise. Um, they have different places, like different studios here in Atlanta. I'm pretty sure they have different studios in the United States, but I could not like I was concentrating because I really wanted to be still and peaceful like we were taught in class. And I started to feel this like sensation leaving my body. I sat there, I felt that sensation and it was almost like, to give y'all a visual representation of what I'm talking about, y'all know that movie Get Out where with the teacup, the lady was swirling the spoon and it was as if he was like escaping himself, like he couldn't move. That's literally what it felt like. All of a sudden, I felt like that for a bit. I don't know. It felt like time was really dragging on. I kind of lost my, I don't know, like I lost what time felt like, my perception of time. And all of a sudden, my body just like, like I woke, like I was, I did a huge like, (gasps) like I woke up, like I came back to myself and I like jerked up really hard, jerked up and became super alert again. And I was in a daze kind of like, damn, where was I? Like, I really lost myself, y'all. And I know it might sound crazy, but please stick with me because this is so important. And I know if one person listens to this and like they've experienced this, I can help them because I really didn't know what it was. I thought I just couldn't focus, but I knew that feeling was weird. And I still can, I don't want to say I still can feel it, but when I think about it, when I'm talking about it now, it's like, damn, that was really crazy. (laughs) That was crazy. And I jerked up and I breathed in really deeply. When I jerked up, my eyes shot open. I became super alert. And I looked around the class. The lights were still down. The sound bath was still going. People's eyes were still closed. Like no one even flinched. And it was pretty loud, me jerking up. No one flinched. And I was like, damn, we still doing this? Like we still in this class? Like, Like I said, I lost my perception of time. And that was one big time in particular. And I wish I would have told you all that I stopped practicing yoga then, but I would be lying. I kept going. (laughs) I kept going. And the very last time I felt the same thing, but this time I couldn't, you know, when it came to that meditation and that sound bath area, I couldn't focus. And I was really like anxious and I just kept feeling my body, like something telling me to like, get out, go, go, like leave the practice, leave that place you need to pray after. Like I literally just started praying because I was like, why am I feeling like this? I just feel like a really 
really dark like I'm in a dark aura like I feel bad energy I feel really bad right now but something is telling me in my body that I need to leave I need to leave but I didn't get up because I didn't want to disturb anyone I was kind of in the middle of the class so I would have to like walk over people to even get to the front door to even leave so I just started praying to God like I don't know what this feeling is but God please rid me of it I went to bed. This was like the next day. I was becoming more and more depressed, right? All while practicing yoga. And I was crying myself to sleep every day and not talking to my friends and not being the person who I authentic like I usually am. And I just remember one day getting in and woken up from my sleep. This is around like two, three in the morning. And like, I guess it was the Holy Spirit just telling me like, you need to research, like Google, like, where does yoga come from? And I did exactly that. Where does yoga come from? And to my surprise, (laughs) to my surprise, this is what I found. Yoga is a spiritual practice that yokes the practicer with different deities. So different gods that these Hindu gods, each pose has a name, which we all, we all know, and a purpose, no matter the intent. So I also stumbled upon this one blog and I'm going to have her information down below. Podcast is called, well, actually she has a podcast. I just found that out. But the blog that I came across in the wee hours in the morning is called Gospel Adorn. And I will have her stuff linked in the description to this podcast. But we're going to read, I'm going to read a little excerpt from her blog and it's under what yoga means. We're going to skip around, but it says, by definition, yoga means to yoke yoke with what specifically the purpose of yoga is seen as a union with the universe an impersonal god or divine force through the realization of divine slash god self essentially yoga is a worship of self as a false religion is yoga is making yourself a god yoga is a hindu word and a hindu discipline which means to be one with the hindu god brahman Yoga is the Hindu way of salvation, the way of ending the cycle of breath and rebirth, ending the cycle of suffering. Like I read a lot in yoga classes. I would hear a lot about the cycle of breath. It is so imperative within these yoga classes to breathe when you are told to breathe, to breathe as you are switching to these different positions with those different names. It is imperative to reach that certain breath that I talked about earlier. And oftentimes you hear these buzzwords. So now as in the wee hours of the morning, I'm reading this and my eyes are like, (gasps) like I was astonished. Like I was, I was befuddled y'all. I had nothing else to say, but I kept reading and it gets very interesting. She goes into more details on the history of yoga, but we're going to skip down to yoga in the mind because this speaks specifically to what I experienced that one time I just described to you all. So it says, one of the main purposes of yoga is to kill the mind. The moments prepare the person for the meditations and the chanting and breath work that follow, slowly destroying the mind, burning out and overloading our sensory perception. The real yogis who accomplish this is total destruction of the mind and are worshiping gods in India. In these practices, people are discouraged to use the mind, but of course, when the mind is not used, people lose their sense of their mind and the mind stops working. The mind is no longer functioning. This creates space for demonic possession by, quote, 
emptying the mind, you open yourself up to a very dangerous spiritual risk, and it can eventually feel like bliss. You experience a drug-like high, like any other drug and addiction follows. The spiritual force kind of numbs you out, disassociates you, and takes your pain away and gives you a feeling of progression or spiritual advancement. When in reality, you are filled with darkness and do not know of God. Intentions don't matter. Everyone has the best intentions when practicing yoga. Though worshiping the Hindu gods simply through yoga poses, this is not about your intentions, but the specific yoga poses themselves. You invite demons. So then it goes on to talk about different yoga styles and variations now. And then she also has like Bible verses that warn against certain things. But once I read that part, y'all, I like when I say I had no words, I had no words because I knew exactly what I experienced. And I sat with myself and I prayed. I got to the point where I was practicing yoga in my room. And it was like I was getting deeper and deeper and deeper, like in a darker space in my life. I'm inviting this into my room, into like where I sleep at night and doing it every day. And I was just floored. The enemy came after my ignorance. And I'm not saying this to disrespect anyone's religion, but Hinduism is simply not my religion. There's a, co- a huge conflict of interest. In 1981, at the Transessential Meditation Conference, or the TM conference, conference for short that happens, in India, um, a spokesman stated that entire mission of TM is to encounter, is to counter the ever-spreading demon of Christianity. It goes on to talk about how some of the Indian governments are not happy with how the United States has kind of appropriated, not necessarily, well, I guess you can say appropriated, packaged yoga and sold it to people in forms of something that is more of a commodity, like it's been commodified. Commodified is a word, right? I sure do hope it is. It's going to be a word today if it's not. Anyway, but... Yeah, so they're upset about some of these yoga franchises because it's like taking the worship of their religion and giving gym memberships out to people who want to fit a certain aesthetic. And as I read this, I learned and my ignorance was no more towards what I was inviting into my life. There's a reason why my body was not feeling great it was the reason why I was being told to leave the practice but all while for months y'all I was ignoring it and so I kind of want to talk about how different forms of spiritual warfare can happen in our lives and we can invite certain things in our lives from ignorance from lack of ignorance um, or whatever it is just because something appears to be does not mean that it is and your job as a Christian or your job as a person is to question everything because you never know where something is really from the enemy uses deception much like manipulative people we talk about right how they prey on your trauma or your bad experiences and they deceive you into thinking that there's something else and then boom the, they flip the script, right? The enemy does the same thing. The enemy uses deception and ignorance to strike because he knows that you're less inclined to fight back if you don't know any better. And there are some things that you can do if you fall victim to inviting demons into your level. I don't want to say demons. That's like demons is like, oh, that's a little scary. But I mean, essentially, 
essentially that's what I did. If you're inviting these dark forces into your life, um, like I said, as I was doing the yoga, as I was practicing the yoga, it struck at a time where I wasn't around community. So rule number one is to always be around community because your friends are there to give you that tap tap. My friends hold me accountable. And at that instant, it was my followers, my it girls, people on social media were holding me accountable as well. And that's why I really feel like I do have a relationship with y'all, but it's not good for you to be alone, for you to isolate yourself from people who care about you, people who have good intentions, people who believe in the same things that you believe. You need friends who are going to speak life into you. You need friends that are going to hold you accountable. You need friends that are going to question the things that you're doing because overall it's going to make you a better person and it might just save your life. The second thing is protect yourself from ignorance by re reading your word and questioning everything. Staying close to your word of God. Every time I look back on my life and I realize things that were like, not saying that my life is perfect now, every time I was in a dark place, my Bible was nowhere to be found like at all, nowhere to be found, knew nothing about the word at all, besides what I was taught in church. And that was maybe like an hour of every Sunday, not even every Sunday. So it's a, a small thing to learn. If you're only being told things in church, you need to spend time with God and read his word outside of church and outside of sometimes the view of others, because some pastors you know, the church is not always the best place to just learn about God either. Um, and then another thing is to make sure that you have like armor up with the armor of God that it talks about in the Bible, because I was showing up y'all with no helmet of salvation, no shoes of peace. My sword of the spirit was gone. Like the Bible was gone. Sword of the spirit was nowhere to be found. I'm showing up to battle with these demons in the world with not even an armor of God on. Sis is missing her breastplate. She missing her helmet. She missing her shoes. She missing her sword. How am I going to go to battle with the incomplete armor of God on? Spelled out, we're going to read from Ephesians quickly. It's Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Verse 11 says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm with the belt of the truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in its place, and with the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming arrows from the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18 says, and pray in the spirits on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. That is beautiful. And in that instance, what I learned from you all reminding me, from my community reminding me, from my friends reminding me is that you don't want to be caught slipping without your armor of God. Let me tell you something, because it's hard to fight a battle with missing pieces and share this with a friend 
if you've enjoyed this episode, rate the podcast if you've enjoyed this episode, because y'all, the enemy is out here to steal, kill, and destroy on our ignorance. Like, I was so pissed. I was like, I'm gonna get my lick back. <laughs> and so me recording this episode is like me getting my lick back. And don't forget, like, get your lick back. Like, don't just stay down when the enemy knocks you down. Like, you gotta get up. I'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>